Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. It says this, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, now, Jesus loses a lot of parishioners when he says this. Do people still use that word? I see the minister saying yes. They're like, what is parishioners? Is this a Catholic church? We use the terms congregation. So he, he lost a lot of his congregation when he starts talking like this. Now, Jesus is really talking about what the Christian's lifestyle should be like as it relates to feeding on his flesh and feeding on his blood, not physically. This means spiritually. Okay, say spiritually. He's spiritually speaking. He's talking about when you're feeling empty in life, the reason you're feeling empty is because you're not feeding on the daily bread. You know those little devotionals that grandma had sitting up on the kitchen counter all the time? It said daily bread. This is why she taught you the prayer about daily bread. Come on, somebody say it for me. How does it go? Give us this day our daily bread. It's talking about the flesh of Jesus, his body, and that's how we feel life. When you're feeling empty in life, it's a sign that you're feeding on the wrong things. Some of you young people will be like, you want to say amen, but you can't because mom's there because she told you this already. When you're feeling empty and there's no amount of likes that you can get to make you feel validated... Feeding on the wrong thing. TikTok, come on, just look straight ahead. From some of you, you just need to stop spending all your time for those 60 and older. Not that I'm against puzzles. I'm just using my mom as an example. Spending too much time on the puzzles, doing that thousand thing puzzle every week. Jump into the Word of God. Begin to feed on God's Word. There's no amount of busyness that will satisfy the ache in you, but when you feed on Jesus' flesh, you will feel life in you. So there's life in the flesh of Jesus. He's daily bread. What is bread? Back in those days, the reason they use this representation or this analogy or metaphor is because bread was a huge part of their culture. It's kind of like what tortillas mean to Mexicans or Hispanics. Look at y'all laugh. There's half of y'all are Spanish up in here. You know exactly what I mean. It goes with eggs, uh, queso con huevos, all of that stuff. For Americans, you know, when we go to Carabas, you got to have the bread and the, you know, what is that? The seasoning they put and the oil. What is that called? You know what I'm talking about. Pesto. And you dip it. Americans like bread with their meals. Spanish people like their tortillas with their meals. So they understood the culture that it was a part of every meal. This is why it's important for you to incorporate Jesus into part, a part of every one of your daily diets. Whether you're eating or drinking, do all things in the name of the Lord. So it's, he's saying incorporate, not to get down a rabbit trail. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm going down a rabbit trail. But this is what they're talking about. And Jesus starts talking about feeding on his flesh and drinking his blood. And as a result, he loses three quarters of the church. Because they're not understanding him. They're listening according to the flesh, not the spirit. 
And this is why it's important for you to, before you come to church on Sunday morning, you have to be consecrated. Consecrate your heart. Listen to some worship music. Confess some things to the Lord. Pray and say, Lord, before I even get there, let my heart be prepared so that when I I get there, I can receive. Because I can tell you there's some people in here where your heart posture means everything. In other words, the person right next to you can get touched and the Holy Spirit move right by you and move on to the next person. Not because he doesn't love you, but there's no place for the dove to land on your heart. That's why you got one person shaking over here and you got one person acting like the frozen chosen with their hands folded like that. It's not that God doesn't love the person with their hands folded, but their hands folded, it's symbolizing what's going on in their heart. Let me see what you got, Pastor. Not realizing that you need to get your eyes on Jesus because Pastor can't do anything for you. Ministers can't do anything for you. The only person who can do a deep work in your life is the Holy Spirit. Amen? So Jesus loses half the congregation. And he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh, drinks my blood, has eternal life life and I will raise him up in the last day for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father so he who feeds on me will live forever everybody say forever Yes, this is the bread which came down from heaven. He's talking about himself. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread, Jesus said, his own flesh will abide or live forever. And these things he said in the church or the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. It's interesting that word Capernaum means comfort. The Lord just gave me that and just dropped in me just now. If you look up the word Capernaum, I believe it means comfort, a place of comfort. Well, based on what he's saying, he's about to disturb their comfort. And that's what pastor is going to do this morning, just a little bit. Nudge somebody and say, he loves you. Listen, if y'all want a nice, gentle pastor who's going to tell you everything you want to hear, that's the church. Like if you go three miles down on the right hand side, that's them. But, um, This church loves you enough to disturb you enough to encourage you to engage into a deeper level with your relationship with Jesus. Amen? So so where you feel comfortable today in your Capernaum, we're about to stir that up. Amen? So he said this in the church in Capernaum, a place of comfort. Say comfort. Come on. Stay with me. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless he's drawn by the Father, unless it has been granted to him by my Father. Now, now this is the verse I want to park on this verse, this last verse, just a little bit. 
from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Everybody say they left Jesus. Yeah. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon, I love Peter. He had a really big mouth, but I love him. But Simon answered and said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. And we have also come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Everybody say amen. So these past few weeks, I have been parked in this particular series. I'm not a series preacher by any stretch. I do like popcorn stuff, just whatever the Lord is leading me to. But I've been stuck in this for probably the past five or six weeks. Who has been here consecutively? Oh, maybe I shouldn't ask that. Who has not heard? <laughs> Got to be careful how I use my words. Don't want to, you know. How many have not heard one of these messages on why is this not working or keys of the kingdom? Who has not? I just want to want to see a show of hands. Okay. Amazing. So I've been ministering this message. It's, it's, its title is, Why Is This Not Working? Say, why is this not working? The subtitle, meaning a smaller title underneath that, is Keys of the Kingdom. And, and what that simply means is, I know it sounds like an oxymoron, like two different things, but really, many of us feel like that in this room. Okay, I'm just going to give a general overview of what that looks like. Many of you love Jesus. You pray. Some of you might even fast once a year or every other. So some of you are, and many of you are very spiritual. You love Jesus, but I can guarantee you if I went around this room and took a poll and asked you, is there specific areas of your life where God is not moving and you're not seeing productivity or progression or there's some type of a hindrance or you're experiencing some level of frustration, most of you would raise their hands just for my own um, humor, can, I'm going to raise my hand as well. Is there anybody in here who's facing something like that? Something that they're not seeing breakthrough in, where they're not seeing God move? The rest of you are lying, I'm assuming. I've seen like four hands go up. So, so mostly everybody, you can put your hands down. I've seen two hands. He's like, yeah, I've got like five. Me too. And the reason why I wanted to minister this message, because I get a chance to meet with people. I experienced this in my own personal life where we love Jesus, we're praying, and we're seemingly doing all the right things, yet we're not able to, or we're experiencing certain hindrances, and we're not able to experience the breakthrough, even though we've confessed it. We've listened to Kenneth Hagin, you know, blab it and grab it messages, and if you speak it, it shall surely come to pass. We've confessed it. We fast about it. We've cried about it. We've called Sherry about it. We've called John about it. We've complained. We've cried. We've done all of these things, and yet it's still not working out in our favor. And so it bids the question, why is this not? Come on, say it. Why is this not working? I thought Christianity worked. I, I thought confession worked worked. And if confession didn't work, I thought getting a prayer partner would work because your word, Lord, says where two or three are gathered together, anything that I ask should, should be done. But yet you've asked 
two or three times with two or three people and it's still not coming to pass. You heard the pastor say, well, if you sow enough or you sow enough seed, it's gonna break, you're gonna get that breakthrough. If you go to church enough, you're gonna get the breakthrough. But truth be told, many of us are running into spiritual walls and we're not walking in all the fullness that God has for us. And so I gave really four different messages on why that is. Number one, Jesus is the door. We have to get that right out of the gate because Jesus is the only door. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father except by him. Is that established in this place? There are other ways you can try to get to God, but I got a feeling you're gonna be very disappointed when you take your last breath. Jesus is the only way. Say that. Jesus is the only way. And then we talked about one of the keys to our breakthrough is living a lifestyle of humility and servitude towards people that you don't even like. And by not expressing humility and meekness towards other people and having poor attitudes actually act as a hindrance and that actually keep you from walking into the next level in your life. Humility is a huge key. Say humility is a key. And then we talked about the key of perseverance. We talked a little bit about how, you know, remember the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, the first battle that they get to is Jericho. They go around the Jericho wall and the walls, God said, hey, look, if you walk around these walls, they're going to fall down. If you walk around it, how many times? Seven times. Can you imagine if they stopped on the sixth lap? So there, there is a key to perseverance. Many of you guys think just because you pray, you're just going to get the breakthrough right away. But really... In the believer's life, there's going to take a lot of fortitude, a lot of perseverance. It says knock. Remember, Jesus gives this parable about how to access certain things in his kingdom. He says, knock and it shall be. Seek and you will find. Ask and it will be given. If you break that down, he's saying, if you're knocking, keep knocking. If you're asking, keep asking. If you're seeking, keep seeking. Or if you're knocking and it's not working, start asking. If you're asking and it's not working, then you need to start doing some, some seeking. So there is a level of truth to say that not everything hinges upon the Lord's shoulders regarding your breakthrough. Yeah, I know that's hard because then it puts the ball in our court. There is a level of perseverance that the believer has to have if you're going to get all that God has for you. Amen? God can make it happen, but it takes partnership in God's kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah. And so we talked about all these things, but I want to just draw a line on this next one that we're going to get to, and I'm going to give you the title in, in a minute. I hope you're excited about it. I certainly am. But I'm, but I'm going to read that just one more time. It says, from that time forward. Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And then Jesus said, do you want to also go away? And Simon Peter says, Lord, whom shall we go for? You have the words of eternal life. And also we've come to know and believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I love Peter's response. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Listen, do you know why most people, I'm going to give you a key. You ready? Somebody say, why is this not working? keys of the kingdom. I'm about to give you a key. One reason many of us in here, and I, and I know so deeply in my heart, there's somebody in here specifically needs to hear this, and this is going to change your life. Many people do not get the breakthrough in their lives because they have a plan B. I started right out of the gate. 
sermon over. I could say the benediction. He who has created the eye, can he not see? He who has created the ear, can he not hear? Who's here has ever been married, currently married, or in a dating relationship? Or has ever been? Anybody been in a relationship? Son, you're nine years old. What business do you have? I'm just kidding. There's nobody raised their hand. I seen him. He was looking to the side. He's like seeing if mom and dad, of course, they're in a relationship now. Who, who, has, who has had a relationship, been in a relationship? All of us, right? Your level of commitment, their level of commitment to you oftentimes determines your disposition as it relates to your relationship or your commitment to them. I, that was too wordy. That was too wordy. A little too wordy. Rewind. Their level of commitment to you oftentimes determines how you treat them and your level of commitment towards them. Because your commitment to them, wherever that falls on the spectrum or wherever their commitment level is to you, like if they're 100%, you're going to give 100% generally. Or if they're at 50%, you know it, you're just going to go on dates, but there's not going to be any real level of commitment. You might date some other people. Why is that? Is because commitment makes one feel safe to give their heart. That's good stuff right there. You know what that means? You know why me and Rick, me and Rick are, this is one of my closest friends right here. One of my closest friends. How'd that happen? It's like a Samuel and Samuel and Eli situation happening. He, there's nothing he doesn't know about my personal life. Any of my struggles, my, 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 I cry on his shoulder all the time. Right when he sees me, he grabs the box of tissues. And he is very open with me. Why is that? Because that can happen in a friendship or that can happen in a marital relationship. Some of you ladies, your husband is not here and you understand what I'm talking about. There's something, there's something that's lacking there. And where there's a breach in connection, where there's a breach in connection, it's all because somebody's not loving at 100%. And, and Jesus knows if you're all in. And if he knows that you have a plan B. I love that about Peter because many, many of them left. You know why? Because they had other plans. Muhammad was coming another way. Buddha, different ways. But we can translate that in trades too. Like, man, I really thought this guy was cool and trendy to follow. But you start talking about this body and blood stuff... I get weirded out because your message, you're basically telling me that you're the only way, the truth, and the life. They, they thought in their minds that there were other ways to destiny. You see? And if God knows that about you, he who's created the eye, can he not see? Who has created the ear, can he not hear? Many of you guys are experiencing frustrating seasons is because Jesus isn't your only way. Let me take it a step further to make this very universal. There are some of you who love Jesus and he's the only way, the truth, and the life, but you, Holy Spirit, help me. But there's other ways that you want to get the job done as it relates to getting to your destiny other than letting God lead the way. I'm not saying you want to try to get to heaven some other way, but you might want to get to your destiny some other way other than the way that God has laid out his plan whether it's be it you don't have the patience to endure and wait on God's timing, well, that'll preach. 
or waiting on the right relationship and you just want to make it happen all on your own, all on your own. Come on, ladies, look straight. Don't, don't. Or, or you want to get to the platform that God has called you to, but you got to go try to sell yourself in order to get there and tell everybody in la dee da about all of your levels of giftings just to get yourself there. I don't know about you, but my Bible says that promotion comes neither from the east nor the west, but it comes from above. God promotes. Donnie doesn't promote. You think your job, your boss really promotes, but guarantee you, if you get in your position with God and you trust the Lord, promotion will come. God will see to it that they notice you. But because you want to be noticed, it's all about the heart. Sorry, I'm getting excited. My mom gave me some coffee this morning. She knows not to give me that stuff. Is this okay? But Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, but Jesus said to him, no one, look at somebody and say, that includes you. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Putting his hand Against the plow, looking back, it's fit for the kingdom. There's a young man, I won't say his name. There's a, there's a man, and I spoke to him last week. And, uh, and I, I really had dealt with this. Let's say things in the past, we make some mistakes, or you hurt someone, or you wish you could have done things differently. I told him, I, I, said, I gave him something to do. I told him to go into an open parking lot. I said, don't do it on the facility. You'll crash. I said, I want you to do this. Get in your car in an open parking lot where there are no other cars where you can potentially crash, and I want you to drive by looking in your rearview mirror. That's very dangerous. Many of us in our lives are not walking through certain doors that God has for us because, yes, we're obeying by moving forward physically, but spiritually we're looking for another way. We're looking for another way. This is what Jesus was saying. Don't put your hand against the plow because if you look back, you're not going to be fit because you're guaranteed a crash. Let me read the Passion Translation. It really hypes me up. Why do you keep looking back to your past, having second thoughts about following me or doing things my way? I wish I had that on the screen. If you turn back, you are not fit. For God's kingdoms. In other words, Jesus was saying, if you want to walk with me and reap the benefits of walking with me, you're going to have to have a level of consistency and grit in following me. And so today I want to just quickly minister a message called the key of consistency. Because I hear what I hear preached a lot is if you shout enough, you're going to get it. You're going to get the breakthrough. If you call Jesus' name over that situation, you will get it. And maybe you will in time. But really, there is a real key in God's kingdom that I am seeing lacking in the body of Christ. And I'm preaching to some of you young people. Because I was talking to Reinhard Bonnke one time, and he had told me, he said, there's, he said, there's few of us left with the right. I understood what he means, so I don't want this to come off arrogant. But there is a certain type of pedigree that you have to have in the body of Christ. And one of the pedigrees in the kingdom that you have to develop, and this is young and old, say, this is for me too. 
What I'm seeing in the body of Christ, yes, we hear preachers say, oh, it's a microwave generation. We just want it in and out. We want to quickly just warm it up, and we want to walk into our destiny. If you are truly going to walk into all that God has for you, you have to have a level of consistency. You know what the problem is with the body of Christ? And I, and I, and I can say this because I have been here. My sister knows how hard we worked in my company that I still work full time for. The price we paid for the first decade. I slept on the floor still for that first decade, gave my life. I mean, I drove vans that windows wouldn't roll up. I had to stick my head out of the window because the windshield wipers for years. It's funny. I laugh now because of what I drive now. I laugh, and it feels really good driving that now, but it didn't feel good when I was back then. Stick, pull the window down. You remember that? Sticking my head out, all the stinging rain hitting me in my face. It was embarrassing. But I can tell you right now, if you learn to be consistent, God will reward. And that is a key in the kingdom. The devil is not going to hand you anything easily. You understand? Let me make it practical. Can I do that? If you want to enter all that God has for you as a leader in the body of Christ, it's not going to be handed to you. It's not. You're going to have to show consistency. If you want a business, you can almost count on the first five years of just work. And not making a whole lot of, God bless you if that happens for you. Praise God, it didn't happen for me that way. It takes a level of doing the same thing over and over, the right thing, expecting results. But in, even when you don't get the right results, don't just try something new. You know why most people, most people don't enter in is because they don't stay in position long enough to reap the benefits. The Spirit of God spoke to me this morning. And you know what he said? He said, people want to sow seed water it, and reap a harvest all in the same month. This is how the body of Christ works, is because we've heard it preached. If you believe long enough, you confess long enough, and that first month it doesn't happen for you, and you begin to think, oh, maybe it's at another church. Maybe my blessing, or maybe those doors are at another church. Or maybe, come on, some of you think that in relationships. Some of you guys are thinking about that in your job. You're wanting to give up really easily. When God is saying this morning, you know what one of my keys are in the kingdom? is consistency. And this lacks majorly in job situations, in settings, in corporate America, but also in the church. Consistency. Somebody say consistency. This must be hitting well because y'all are very, very quiet this morning. Look at somebody and say, be consistent. Even when it doesn't look like God is moving, be consistent. D did you hear what that song said in the very beginning? I got so hyped up. They said, all I can see is dirt. All I can see is a drought, but I can hear the rain. Even when you see drought, this is like that movie, Faith Like Potatoes. And it's like that in our walk with Jesus. How many have ever seen the movie, Faith Like Potatoes? It's a funny, funny word. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it because this has everything to do with being consistent. A gentleman in Africa, his name is Angus Buchan, true story. And all the Africans on the African plain that were farmers told him, do not sow this year. There was no rain whatsoever. He spent all of his livelihood and planted those seeds and uh, those potato seeds. And then fast forward a two-hour movie, he reaped one of the largest harvests he ever had reaped, but he was consistent. Listen, when God tells you to do something, stay consistent with it and don't give up until it looks like. You say, when do I give up? When it looks like what God said. When it looks like what God said. 
I know adults, and there might be adults in this room that said, oh, I haven't got promoted in six months at this job. I guess I need to leave another job, or I've been here for a year or two years. Listen, there's something to be said. If it were easy, everybody would do it. There's people that are at certain levels that paid a high price to be there, and I can guarantee you that one of the keys that they used in order to get there was the key of consistency. I want, to, I want you to think about this. Jesus' ministry. This is so funny because I deal with this all the time. People who want to minister almost immediately out of the gate. There's nothing wrong with that. There's many gifted people, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But Jesus, even Jesus, the Son of God, I mean, angels showed up on the scene. They pretty much pulled a red carpet out for him. This is the Son of God. But look, even in Jesus' ministry, he, when his mother said, whatever he says to you, do it, he didn't want to even start his ministry at that point. That's how reserved he was. He was committed to process. He wasn't in a rush to get things done. He, he had a pattern and a lifestyle of just consistently doing the right thing. It's not about a feeling. That's hard. It's not about a feeling. You do the right thing long enough, practice the principles of Scripture long enough, you will reap if you... What was it? Come on, y'all ought to all know this one by now. You will reap if you faint not. Another word we can use is when you are consistent, God always rewards the faithful. When you stay at it, when the going gets rough, when all opposition is against you, continuing to practice the word of God. Being consistent is the key in the kingdom of God. And sometimes that means being consistent with the Lord, even in the middle of storms, and it doesn't look like it's going to work out in your favor. Be consistent. Be consistent when your marriage isn't going in the direction that you want it to. Be consistent to going to school, even though it's tough on you and you could choose an easier way. Because I don't know what your Bible says, but the version that I read says straight and narrow is the way that leads to life and broad and wide is the road that leads to destruction. And many find it because it's easier for many people. And sometimes you have to outweigh that storm. And that storm, many times, is serving a purpose in you. And you don't really realize it. You being consistent is doing something. When someone does something, listen to me, when someone does something not seeing results over and over again, it does something to you. When they're not seeing results over and over and over again. Do you know why most people don't have, and I speak to this, I've been challenged with certain things even as of late. Character challenges. I'm not talking about moral things. I think we've pretty much got a handle on that. God's been sanctifying me and continues the sanctifying process. So, but I'm talking about the reason that most people don't have Christ-like character is that they give up on things too easily. Did you know that? Because, because when you do something over and over and don't see results, it produces character. It produces character. Say Christ-like character. I'm going to read what Romans says. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Is this too many, too many verses for you? Okay. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Watch this. And not only that, but we glory in tribulations. We glory 
in tribulations. Think about that. Knowing that tribulations produce perseverance. And listen, perseverance, consistency, this is what it's doing in me. It's, it's, it's doing something in me. And perseverance, watch as he graduates, character. Say character. And character, hope. So when you stay at something and you do it over and over again, seemingly no results. Listen, people who do not stick it out long, God cannot trust. I've said that to you before. Can I just read a verse to you? This is a very strong verse. But if you swallow it, I believe, I truly believe that it will produce spiritual nutrition for you. You ready for it? Luke chapter 16, verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, meaning or another man's thing, right? Or money. Mammon also can mean things of the world or mammon. If you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches of the kingdom? That's what Luke says. Being consistent. You know what I really believe, Benita? You, you know when the Lord spoke to me and told me to start the church? I was on top of a six-foot ladder. If, if I... I almost want to do this. I'm not going to do this. My brother will tell you. I'll tell him to raise his hand if, he's, if I'm being honest, okay? I do not grow any hair on my shin, about 12 inches. It doesn't grow there anymore. You know why, James? Because I spent half of my life up to now on top of a six-foot ladder. Because your shin leans up. You don't, if you don't climb ladders, you don't know. I don't grow any hair there because I always put my left foot forward. It's bare. Like a, like a woman, as if a woman shaved her legs, bare. It don't grow. And I remember the day the Lord spoke to me. And I heard his voice. And he said, this is the last time you climb on a consistent basis. And I haven't climbed ladders hardly ever since then. Because he said, you've been faithful with unrighteous mammon. I will entrust you with true riches of the kingdom. I'm talking about being consistent. And you're worried about, well, this isn't the thing that God called me to. Well, how about this? What if it's the thing that leads to the thing? But because you're not being faithful to that thing, God's not going to trust you with the next thing. If we cannot be faithful at ground level, trust me, the pressure is hot as you climb. If you can't be trusted here, you cannot be trusted here. If you cannot, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's so funny. If you can't, if you won't change the oil and keep that Ford Festiva clean, what makes you think you should be confessing about a Bentley right now? Because those bills are expensive. I'm talking about being, being faithful here, being consistent down here so that when God promotes you, he don't have to be concerned about your character falling apart when the pressure gets hot. <laughs> got to be consistent in the kingdom if you want to serve you want to preach the gospel go serve in the kids ministry or something I'm being funny now y'all should have laughed I was truly being funny hold the door be a part of a hospitality team build some kind of rapport smile at people you want to preach in the pulpit why not just preach to your neighbor in the cubicle first practice there Go knock on your neighbor's door and buy them some sweets and love on them. Give the gospel to someone. 
Be faithful here. The Holy Spirit was teaching me things. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. He gives me things that I'm not even prepared for. Do you, you remember when the 90s when we used to watch, we loved Karate Kid. How many remember Karate Kid? And Daniel's son, he was about to leave, and he was really mad at Mr. Miyagi. And he said, all these waxing your cars and painting fences and sanding the floor, what's all this stuff about? And he gets ready to walk away, and he's, Daniel's son. You remember? And Daniel's son, he said, wax the floor. And when he went to go wax the floor, he realized that all that waxing was teaching him how to block hits. He said, paint the fence. He goes to paint the fence, and he showed him that this was also a defensive move in karate that Daniel's son would need. And he showed him all these different moves, wax on, wax off, showing him all these offensive and defensive moves. This is the same thing the Holy Spirit did to me when I was in the painting industry because I was a waterproofer, which waterproofers and painters are to protect people's livelihoods from the elements that come externally. Y'all can't handle that. You can't handle that. So for 20 years, wax on, wax off. He was teaching me how to deal with people's spiritual lives to keep from ungodly spiritual elements infiltrating their lives. You see? It's always the thing that leads to the thing. But being consistent in that natural thing, you don't even realize in that cubicle God is teaching you patience. Dealing with hard people so that when God puts you in a ministry or you start fulfilling your calling, you have some kind of tolerance and you don't go off the rim on somebody. You've got some patience. You've got some fruit of the Holy Ghost. Come on, you've got some gentleness. You've got some kindness. You've got a little bit of meekness. So that when I went to deal with something spiritually, I'm like, okay, I got that, Lord. I missed a crack. When somebody is not walking upright in their relationship with the Lord, oh, we missed something. We missed a crack. So then you can begin to minister with specificity. Oh, that's why they fell back into that, because there was no unconfessed sin. Or there was no accountability. Oh, we got a crack. Or we should have, oh, it's not sticking. The gospel's not sticking. Oh, you should have primered that. We didn't go through the first steps program. It's always, always, always God uses natural things to teach you spiritual principles. Life is full of wax on, wax off. And when you don't, it's so funny, it's true. It's full of, you're in, a, you're in a classroom right now. You don't know it. That situation that you're in right now, James, right now, it's wax on, wax off. If you can endure, you will reap. If you can stay consistent to that thing, to that relationship. You think marriages are born overnight? I've only been married. Where's she at? It's under a decade. Just under. I know the date. It was August um, 8th. It was August 8th. Thank you. They're not born overnight. Character is not built, built overnight. You have to be consistent. You have to get beat up a few times by a few devils, and then you start learning techniques on how to walk successfully in your relationship with the Lord. You're not, your business isn't going to explode overnight because you will implode later on if you don't learn the steps. 
I've got to learn to manage different things simultaneously, business, ministry, understanding, worship team, their needs, all these different departments overseeing that. Why? Because so when there's problems later on, I can know how to solve them. You understand? Consistent, even when it's hard. Nudge somebody, say, be consistent. Do y'all want me to shut up or am I good to go for just a little while longer? Every believer's lifestyle should look like a farmer. I sound like an 80-year-old now. It should look like a farmer. If, if you want longevity, if you want longevity, it has to look like a farmer. Can I teach you? This is what dropped in me, 4-something a.m. this morning. I'm sitting there, and I'm asking, Lord, tell me something that will revolutionize your people's walk. I cry for many of you. I, I, like I told you last week, I've got you right in my mind. When I'm preparing that word, I'm trying to hear from heaven for you. And so I believe this is the word of the Lord for many of you, that your lifestyle should look like a farmer. Say, my life should look like a farmer. When you wake up in the morning, the first seed you should be sowing, the farmer knows this so early, it's hot outside. Thank you, the Lord just gave me that. It's hot outside. You don't go sowing at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Not in this Florida weather. So early so you don't get scorched. Be consistent. I'm talking about consistency here. When you wake up, the first thing you should be sowing is the word of God in your heart. Even if it's one Bible verse, yes. Even if it's three minutes. If you say, Pastor, I don't have that time, give me your phone and let me see how much time you spend on Facebook or TikTok. I'll let you know if you're telling the truth or not. What you really mean is that's not high priority. But if you want to be strong and you want to be like that farmer, you want to reap a harvest, these are the principles to practice so early. Get the word of God in your heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart so that I won't sin against thee. Many of you are sinning against him because you don't have his word hidden in your heart. Once it gets in there, every circumstance that comes your way, every time somebody cuts you off on, on that new I-4 that I don't like, you know, a Bible scripture comes out of your mouth. Bless him, Lord, instead of the other word. Instead of send him home early, you know? So early. Not Facebook. So early. So early. And then water it throughout the day. And listen, when it doesn't sprout up by noon, don't worry. The farmer needs patience. He's learned this through all the seasons of life. Being patient. Just water it. Let it grow. Let the dirt do its work. Let the tough clients throughout the day, let the soil, the dirt stuff, underneath that front end loader when you're doing the mechanical, let the dirt do its work. Let the grease, let the difficult things of the day when somebody talks to you wrong, instead of it bringing something out of you that it shouldn't, let it bring out Christ-like character. Who cares if you don't feel like saying something positive. You can do the right thing and not always have the right heart about it. It's called faith in it. It's not called fake. My wife said to me, because, you know, we came from the hood. She said, I'm not going to be fake. I said, you're not being fake. You're faith in it. But they're, they talked about you. I said, what? Let them talk about me. I'm faith and I love them. Right when I see them, the first person, I beeline towards them and hug them and I'll even kiss them on the cheek if it's a male. Because I'm faithing it. I'm not being fake. I'm walking by faith and not by sight or by feelings. Right, Dean? We don't walk by feelings. We walk by, we walk by faith. 
And listen, listen, being consistent means waiting on that harvest to come. For many years, for many years sometimes, you will have to wait and just water that thing. Joseph was our prime example. I'm not going to go there and read it. I don't want to inundate you with a bunch of more scriptures. But if you read the story of Joseph, besides Jesus' life, my favorite is Joseph because it's a prime model. Joseph gets a dream. He gets lied on by his brothers. They throw him in a pit. He goes to, a, to serve Potiphar as a slave. He gets thrown in prison, wrongfully accused, saying, oh, uh, you slept with Potiphar's wife, which he didn't. He goes to prison. He spends two, three years in prison. And then all these years, 13 years of patience and of, of applying scripture to his life and, and standing with Christ-like character, he ends up becoming the most second powerful man in all of Egypt. It takes time. God's will takes time. Say it takes time. And it takes, listen to me, it takes your consistency. And you know what I have found out? That faith, faith is different than being faithful. It's different. Two different things. I looked up the word faith this morning. Faith means complete trust or confidence in something or someone. You know how people, you know, in schools now or even at work, you know, you can't say Jesus now. So you, you can't say God or Jesus. You have to say, what's your faith? Your faith can exclude God. Faith is simply a belief in something. We all have different, many of us, belief in, even if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, maybe we, we have faith in different methodologies. Faith can be applied in many different ways. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying? You can have faith in Buddha. You can have faith in Muhammad. You can have faith in all these different Krishna, uh, one world religion. We can all use our faith for different things. I see Hollywood. You, I, I deal with business people who have a lot of faith. And they have a whole lot of money because they're putting their faith in action. But they don't believe in Jesus. They believe in themselves. See? You can have faith in yourself. But... Faithful means remaining loyal and steadfast. And that's what I'm saying to you this morning is I want you to examine your heart this morning, okay? As I close in just a few minutes, I want you to examine your heart as to whether or not you are being faithful and you are being steadfast and you are being consistent, consistent in this season of your life and what God has called you to. Being faithful to God and being consistent. Say consistent. Gifts used to really impress me because we grew up in a movement. I've had two pastors my whole life. Gifts in the second movement I was a part of, very big, large, mega church. It went from 4,000. I think I was member number 4,025. It was 4,000 something. I do it. Maybe it was three something. And we grew almost 6,000 beyond that point. So we were, there was about 10,000 people in the congregation we did about four services a week. I was a part of their youth and young adults ministry. We're talking about 2003, four and on. Okay, so early on, uh, that's where I got some of my ministerial experience. And I was exposed to a, a lot of gifted people that impressed me. So early on when God gave me the um, proximity to other ministers and to give them uh, room to also preach and things of that nature, I would be impressed by somebody who can 
uh, preach the word of God or communicate or teach his word or prophesy or, you know, miracles, signs and wonders following them. I was very enamored by that. Very enamored. But now gifts do not impress me. There are times, and I always say this lovingly, it's best for me not to do it privately because then it hurts people's feelings, okay? Do you love me? I get, I'm just going to tell you, this is my own little quirks, okay? I am very turned off when somebody comes up to me and tells me their 10 gifts, gift settings and all they've accomplished. It's a turnoff, and I'm going to tell you why. Well, let me just tell you what does impress me. Not gifts, fruit. So now when I see somebody who can prophesy and I'm wondering, should I get them as a guest speaker or should this person, should I befriend them? Or I don't, I, I immediately, if I see that gift, I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Let me see their track record. I go sniffing for fruit. Because gifts, watch this, this is worth writing down. Gifts without fruit, who knows what the fruit are? So, so gifts of the spirit, gifts. Prophecy, word of wisdom, gift of faith, healings, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits, and such. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now we got gifts of the Spirit. Gifts, can I teach for just a second? Fruit of the Spirit. Faith, hope, love, joy, gentleness, kindness, meekness, patience, self-control. There's nine. Say nine. So there's nine gifts, and according, according to God's word, and nine fruit. There are people who operate in the gift but don't have fruit to speak for it. Each of those nine gifts should have a fruit that coincides with it. Like miracles. Miracles, Rick. One, so let's say we're operating in the gifts of miracles. Oftentimes, we need the fruit of patience to see that miracle through. You see? Don't give up. Don't give up. You see how people just pray once and they, they, we leave it alone. Just leave it alone. And that's, I think that's good. And, and for some cases, that's good. But sometimes you have to persevere. Amen? So sometimes you need patience. And there are people who I know can prophesy, but they'll talk behind people's backs and have no fruit, have no gentleness, have no kindness, a lot of judgment. So listen to this. Giftings without fruit will cause destruction in the end. Now I go after fruit and I'll help develop the gift. It's safer that way. Else, or else you get a bull in a china shop. Amen? Say, Lord, develop the fruit of the Spirit so that the gift doesn't destroy me. Is everybody getting something out of this morning? So, so fruit has to go with the gift. That's why there's nine fruit, nine gifts. They have to coincide. So let me get back to this faith thing, and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to lay on this plane in just a moment. Dean, Dean's looking at me like, shut it down. No, he's not. I don't look at him for that purpose because he'll tell me to just land the plane. But God's developing patience in him. You can have faith without God being in the equation. Watch this. Even the demons believe and tremble. Even demons believe and tremble. They have faith. Listen, they know they're going to be a defeated foe. Why do they keep trying? Because they have faith. They know their, their fate is sealed, but they keep trying because they have faith. Don't let demons outfaith you. You know what? Yes, Lord, I will say that. 
even at the expense of getting a, you know, Many demons believe in your destiny more than you do. You feel so insecure about it? Oh, they're very secure about your destiny. Why do you think all the tormenting thoughts come? It's a sign. Just listen, listen to the lies. Don't eat them, but listen to what they're saying you're not, and that's usually a sign of what you are. I remember not being able to speak up in front of people. My back of my legs were sweating. You can never speak in front of people. I was a stutterer. I couldn't speak. If I'm right, mom and sis, just raise your hand, Matt, too. If I'm really right, oof, it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. And then I would just start faith in it. And then I remember I was a part of this thing called Business Networking International. I'm talking about being consistent. Yeah. I was a part of BNI International, and then my brother got us a part of this large business organization where you had to stand up and give a, a three-minute commercial, and I couldn't speak in front of no one. And he threw the rock and hit his hand, and what he did was he got us involved, and then he would say he couldn't make it. I was furious. I wanted to put poison in his food. This is how I learned to speak in front of people. I'm like, yeah, but I want to preach, Lord. I want to preach. I said, I want to preach. It was burning in my heart. I said, I don't want to go give a three-minute commercial. Come on. I'm going back to, if you're not faithful with unrighteous mammon or the world, how will you be entrusted with the kingdom of God? And so I had to be consistent in something that was secular before God entrusted me with something sacred. <laughs> sacred. Amen? So just allowing, come on, wax on, wax off, and... Using God, using the world to, 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 to inundate me with spiritual principles. Amen? It's good stuff. And just because the gifts are there, listen to this, doesn't mean Jesus is. I'll take fruit over gifts any day. Watch this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. You can stand to your feet for just a moment. I hope you got something out of this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. You will know them by their fruits. Don't, you, we don't have to impress people by our fruits. Impress them by your consistency. Showing up over and over again, even when you don't feel it. I'm not just talking about church this morning. I'm not trying to create a net, but it can apply to the church. That means your job too, clocking in at the right time. Being consistent in character. And character, your time, even though you're Spanish. And y'all Caucasians need to let people come to your house sometimes and spend more time than an hour. Come on, all y'all Caucasian folks, look. Some of them are like, an hour? You got an hour and a half. Our Spanish culture, this is why I love, listen, I love my Spanish People, I love you guys so dearly. They are awesome. They've brought me out of my comfort zone. I can go like two hours now. That's big. 
You just remember, you keep keeping me along. I'm going to look at that clock back there. I'm like, they do it, Lord. I'm going to go for it too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Can I, I told you guys what a major turnoff was, was people communicating all their giftings to me. I look for, I look for fruit now. Here's the thing. If you look for fruit, the, the gift will eventually come. Nobody who's an, an apple tree doesn't have to go up and say, look at me. I'm an apple tree. Look at me. I'm a tangerine tree. But you got many, many Christians who try to oversell themselves. You don't have to oversell yourself in God's kingdom. You will be known by your fruit and by your consistency. My wife is a texture eater. When something is inconsistent, she doesn't want to eat it. People will know when they come in conversation with you, this is a leader. This is a speaker. Oh, this is a hospitable person. Oh, she's a teacher. Or this is an administrative person. You don't have to oversell yourself on the gifts. They will know you by your fruit. Amen? This statement that I'm about to make is to make you laugh and cry at the same time. But there are people who God genuinely wants to use but won't stay long enough, won't be consistent long enough for that to happen. God looks for your consistency. I do. I do want to produce the fear of the Lord because I have it in my own life. Is this okay that I do this? Your life is being evaluated. Not in a judgmental, is she sinning, he's sinning, not that. Because we're all in process. Every single person. I'm in process right now. There's something God is processing in me. The thing is, you shouldn't be being processed in the same exact thing next year that you're being processed in this year. You should go from glory to glory and from faith to faith. If you're struggling with certain lustful things this year, allow God to develop you. You shouldn't be struggling with that next year. Come on, you should be learning how to slay giants and wield your sword or wield a... There should be something different that God's bringing you through. We go from glory to glory and faith to faith. But the statement that I'm, a, I'm about to make is this. You can imagine continuing to uproot a plant over and over again. And this is what most believers do. In church, in business, in the marketplace, at your job, wherever you're working, even relationships. This translates into all those different spheres and faces, right? Imagine you plant a seed. I was talking about a farmer earlier. And then you water it and you stand there for an hour or even a week and you say, it's not working. Let me uproot it. The pot is the problem, not the seed. And you move it from pot to pot. I used to work in a nursery, so I understand this. We would be frustrated at the seed not growing fast, and you move it in different pots. But the more that you disturb the thing, the more you will stifle the growth. And many of you, this can translate to your job, your marriage, and even a church. Many of you church hoppers, I'm going to say it because there's no preachers talking about it. The reason you're not growing, the pot is not the problem. I have found this, and God knows that I'm saying this from a gentle heart. Stop chasing hype spiritualism. Many of us has grown up and we've been trained by all of this hype stuff and we've become, you can edit this, spiritual junkies. Chasing the prophetic word. Never getting to the word. Chasing the hype of ministry. The louder the preacher, the better. 
conference out. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong, but you chase Jesus, you'll get those things. You chase consistency and produce Christ-like character, you'll get those things. Leave the seed in the pot. Let God water it. Listen, I don't care where you are. I grew in a ministry that ended up not doing very well, and my pastor ended up passing away. But you know what? People started telling me about all the dysfunctions there. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to say this. I say this respectfully. He was one of the greatest men of God I ever knew. But people after the fact, after the fallout, after all of that, you know what they said? They started telling me, because I was one of the leaders that were there. They even put me on one of the pamphlets. I'm saying that to be funny. Did you know they told me about all the defects of the ministry, and I was completely oblivious to it? And I had never grown like I had grown there. You know what that's telling me? No pot is the problem. That seed has no business. So-and-so ain't living right. Such-and-such ain't doing well. I wish the music was different. I wish the AC was a little bit different. I wish they had a better children's ministry. I didn't think about none of that. You know why? Because I was planted just looking at Jesus. I walked into a person's house the other day, and they had a planter sitting right on top of the windowsill. Southerners are like that. We, we put, you know, the window, and you put the pie out there, and you got your little flower. Your white Southerners do that. We grew up that way, right, with the hot apple pie that you burn your tongue, the roof of your mouth, you know, because you wanted to get it right when mom put it out, and you shouldn't have. What's funny is that, that this, the, the, when it sprouts up, it only grows towards the light, did you ever realize that? Many of our dysfunctions, just get this. The pot is not the problem. Just plant yourself and keep looking at Jesus. You can grow anywhere. You can grow in a big church. You can grow in a small church. You can grow in a church that don't have the greatest children's ministry. And you can grow in a church that has a booming children's ministry. You can grow in a church that has fog lights and all these different things and great productions. And you can grow in a church, come on, with 30 members. It has everything to do with the seed. And if the seed will simply surrender to the soil, <laughs> it will grow. But if you're going to grow, you have to be consistent. So I want to leave you with just this. I say this very simply. Just remember I said this. Whatever it is you're dealing with this morning, if you can give me some juice on that, please, in the back. Just remember this word is a key for you in this season. Whatever it is you're struggling with, wherever you're not seeing breakthrough, consistency is the key. If God hasn't touched you yet being in this church, just be consistent. Many people come for a one-hit wonder. If God knows that about you, I've never, I've seen many people who have remained untouched because when they do get touched, they just go and they live their lives. They just wanted a touch to go get their stuff done in life. But God wants to touch you. He wants to keep you, but there's more he wants to do. He wants to keep you in place and continue to water you so that you bear more and more fruit. It's not, this is not a one hit wonder gospel. Plant yourself, be consistent with Jesus. Let him water you. Let him grow you. Let him cause you to bear more and more fruit. And there's many of you in this place this morning as I close. God is saying to you, 
If you will stay still, you will see the salvation of the Lord. Stop running around trying to get it figured out breathlessly. Breathlessly running to the word of God. Lord, just speak to me. Lord, just speak to me. Just be consistent. Just show up. Just pray. Just seek his face. And God will do it. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.